Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Random Trek. I am your faithful, not a clone, Captain Christopher Ingle, joined as always by my friend to family, Commander Brennan, the mystical Mar Brennan. How are we doing today? Where does the tall man have the furry face? It is a very good question. One of many we hope to answer today as we take a look at the 10th film in the Star Trek canon and the final film of the Next Generation crew, Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, Brennan, I, I, I remember seeing this film in theaters. Did you, did you see this in theaters? No, I missed this one in theaters. This one. This was a big deal. I just graduated high school and I saw this and I loved it so much. Uh, I loved it on review. We'll talk about it. We'll get there. We'll get there. But as always, and is this tradition when we talk about a Star Trek movie, we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, He is our transporter chief, the Miles O'Brien of this ship. It's Mm. Justin Toner. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the the show, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Justin, this is your first time on our show, so as tradition dictates, I'm going to throw the first overall question to you. Justin, where did your love of Star Trek begin? Okay, well, uh, I discovered Star Trek via um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, I don't remember the exact date. It was late. I think it had to be of late 87, because... I just I stumbled upon the show when the first season was going on, and the first episode I ever watched was ironically Data Lore, which is mm. Data's twin brother Lore, um, which is definitely one of the better uh, episodes of the first season. So um, I kind of I think I lucked out because maybe if I had watched some of the earlier episodes, which I eventually saw in reruns, maybe I would not have <laughs> gotten so hooked on the show. But I, but um. I'd heard of Star Trek. I was familiar with like, you know, like virtual stuff and Captain Kirk, but I never really watched it, like not even in reruns. But it was just something about the show, the next generation, the characters that kind of like drew me in. And um before I knew it, it's like I was all in on the show. And then um as the TNG went along, I uh, I started, you know, looking at, you know, like the original series. I went back and rewatched that and it's, it's it's like a then a few years it's like I was a diehard Trekkie. I remember going to see uh the final the first one Star Trek film I saw in the theater was the Final Frontier. Unfortunately, because mm. <laughs> oh, by yeah, the time I was familiar enough with the uh, with the original series crew and characters and seeing the other movies that I wanted to go see it. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot to say about that film, didn't we, Captain? We did. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I think all three of us are of a similar age. That next gen was our first exposure Mm -hmm. to Star Trek. And I think that it's always going to be a big, play a big part in our love of the franchise. Absolutely. The the TNG characters and cast have a special place in my heart. And much as I enjoyed a lot of the other Trek shows and characters that uh, we've gotten over, over the decades, um, like TNG is always going to be, you know, like that was my gateway to Star Trek. So it's like it's, it's always going to be number one. It's like the DS9 definitely. Um, yeah. It's like yeah. I waffle sometimes between which is my favorite TNG or DS9. Yeah. So it's like, here. Really, it's like one and one A kind of, you know, it's like it's it's hard because they were both great. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, same here. Very much the same here. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, uh, kind of open up uh, the discussion of Nemesis here with a little bit of our our initial thoughts going into this. Uh, Justin, you're our guest. Uh, when we asked you to come on and talk about Nemesis, what were your initial thoughts of this film? <laughs> I was a little surprised, but I, I was willing to go with it because um, uh, this is definitely not one of my favorite Star Trek films, and I, I consider it definitely in like the bottom tier. But there's a lot to discuss about the pro- the problems that this movie has, and kind of like the overall effect that this movie unfortunately had on the franchise. Um, but Having um, gone back and rewatched some of it recently, uh, including today, um, there's there's some things in this movie. That, it's not like a total disaster. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some there's some like good nuggets in the movie mm-hmm. and, and some nice things. But um, you know, we'll get into like you know like a lot of the overall problems that I have with the movie, and probably maybe might have some similar thoughts on that. But um, it, I'm always willing to talk Star Trek, even if it's like not something that's like my my favorite thing in the franchise um just because i mean it allows us to um look back and say like well look even if it's something that maybe is not as good we can still find some like good so, so good nuggets inside of something that's like overall not that great mm. so, i saw this in the theater when it came out and um I was perplexed at first when I first saw this and then like mm-hmm. the second time I watched it that's when my opinion really started to kind of go downhill about the film mm-hmm. it's like uh, more of the problems with the plot and other things started to become apparent to me and um I was very disappointed um which will um because uh just an idea because like the the idea of like oh we're gonna just focus on the Romulans and stuff like that Romulans are like one of my favorite um races and track and so mm-hmm. um i was kind of like hyped for that and so um it that uh that definitely kind of let me down as far as like when things uh went with the plot and everything so yeah Renan, how about you um i'm very much i think i agree this is a mixed bag there are elements in it moments in it things like that that I really do enjoy, and other moments where I'm like, mm. also, uh, we'll talk about this later. But there's a lot of actually really good deleted scenes, which for some reason or another were were left out. Unfortunately, I think because they probably would help the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I was not dreading it. I was actually like, okay, I haven't watched it in a couple of years, so let's. Let's give it a shot and see what we got. And in fact, I think the most recent time I watched it was like three years ago when Justin and I were going head to head on the Outlaw Nation to determine who would be the Star Trek champion. It's me. You're not in the Outlaw Nation. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyhow, so I was not dreading this and. I went back and watched it, and I, I overall, I think I'm okay with it. I'll say that. I'll say that much. Yeah, this is a very middle of the range uh, film for me. Like the stuff that I feel gets right is awesome, is some of the best that Star Trek could have, and then the stuff that's really bad again 
I hate to say it, sometimes feels a little Star Trek five ish at yeah. times. Yeah, it's, it's good. Good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's bad. bad. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but let's let's get into this. Uh, re- let's get into this. So, plot wise, we open up on Romulus. Yes. Uh, something mm-hmm. we rarely see. We are in the yes. Romulan Senate. Uh, and the members of the Romulan Center are having a debate. They're talking peace with, you know, different things. With Remus. Um, with They're Remus, correct. Uh, and the Remans, were reminded, are a slave race of the Romulan Empire uh, from the neighboring planet. Although, it looks more like a moon than a planet, but I digress. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like, what? <laughs> yeah, because they see the Reman moon, and it's complicated. I'll get into yeah. that. But I, yeah. Anyway, yeah. point is... Um, the military faction supports Shinzon. We don't know yet who Shinzon, but we're we'll get our first mention of Shinzon as Praetor. Uh, but the Senate are opposed to this alliance. They reject the motion, and the Praetor and the Senators end up getting disintegrated by some kind of device left in the room by a Romulan center- senator, and mm. everyone in the room. Is just desiccated and just turned into pretty dust. nasty too for Star Trek. Yes. It really is, yeah. And then it it fades into a happy moment: the oh. wedding of Riker and Troy. Yes. Something we've been waiting Finally. for since day one. Since yes. the very first episode. Yes, uh, we get a toast, a lovely toast from Captain Picard. Mm-hmm. I yes. want him as my first, as my. Uh, I was going to say my first officer. No offense, Brennan. Uh, <laughs> no, my you know. best man. Hey, my yeah, best man. Between me and Patrick Stewart, you can have him. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and so uh, then we, we start the party, and Data uh, gives a gift, and he mm. serenades them with a rendition of Irving Berlin's Blue Skies, which at first seems kind of kitschy, but it, it, it stuck with me. And we'll talk more about that, but that song... Brent Splinter's a good singer. So. He is a yes. good singer. But mm-hmm. that song plays so much more into Star Trek. Yes. Canada. We will talk yeah. about this. But yeah. he plays Blue Skies. Uh, and so on route and to the war, ceremony... Much, much to war's chagrin. <laughs> well, a very drunk war. <laughs> <laughs> Romulan ale should be illegal. It is. It is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Oh, I'm sorry, Lieutenant Commander Obvious. Mm. Oh, oh. I just burned Jordy. I just burned Jordy. Oh, no, no, no. We don't tolerate that. <laughs> I have to say, the, the, the record, yeah, the record Troy finally getting married is, is definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie because, yeah. like you said, it, it was long overdue that those two finally got together. Yeah. And they broke and... up for a long time. Yep. I'm so happy. I am. Yeah. It's one. I, I'll say this. It's one of the good things that really came out of insurrection that, that I'm happy about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. rebutted good that point. relationship, and it should have been. Good point. Um, yeah. But uh, on the way to Beta Zed, uh, <laughs> they discover uh, a, a, a very naked wedding. <laughs> I yeah, Worf is 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 protesting uh mm-hmm. having to follow the Beza tradition of being completely naked for the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which which is a callback to all the way back to like first season TNG. Yes. It's like it's well known that, mm-hmm. that this that uh, yeah. Beza uh, Troy walking into ten forward naked. Yeah. To yeah. break to uh break up her wedding. With Tony yeah. J, I believe it was. Tony J. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tony J. Love that. Uh, himself. It is. But anyway, they discover an energy signature, a strange one, on the planet of Kolaris 3 near the Romulan neutral zone. 
It's a positronic signature, mm. known only to soon-type androids. This catches everyone's attention. So they decide to divert. They have time. They're going to go divert and investigate. Worf, Data, and Picard land on the planet in the Argo. Kind of cool, <laughs> actually. Uh, which is just this giant dune buggy kind of thing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. all right. And they discover pieces of an android that, when it comes back together, put together, is a, a prototype. It is named B4. Mm-hmm. Is fitting, fitting, fitting. Uh, but, like two silly names, right? But they're they're attacked while they're by the natives that are on this planet. They escape back into the Argo loading craft and get back to the Enterprise. Um, while they're investigating this android. Uh, Picard gets a call from Admiral Janeway. Admiral Janeway. Okay. Uh, giving orders for a diplomatic mission to Romulus, where Shinzon, we found out, has taken over the Empire and wants peace with the Federation. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. When they arrive, they learn that, first of all, um, first of all, we get the we'll talk about this at its own, but we get the introduction to the Scimitar, mm. which is one of the top five scariest Star Trek ships mm-hmm. ever made, right mm-hmm. up there with the Narada. Probably. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Narada and the uh, uh the the Klingon um legacy ship in uh, mm. Discovery. Yeah, I think it's pretty intimidating too. Anyway, I digress. Uh they beam over and they meet they meet Shinzon and they discover that Shinzon is a clone of Picard, mm. played beautifully, actually, by Tom Hardy. Yes, one of his very I, earliest yeah. films. Yeah. Very I'm, early in his career. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what we find out is that he was secretly created by the Romulans as a plan to replace Picard and, and kind of uh, 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 circumvent the, the Federation. They could do actually, actually would have been during their isolation years. Yes, absolutely. When, when yeah, that been, yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be what, like in his twenty twenty five. Well, he's an accelerated clone. I think similar to what we had, like in Star Wars. He's accelerated. Yeah. Okay. But, so they were planning something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. The project was abandoned as you know things change, uh, and he was abandoned as as like a failure. Uh, partly this... because he has Shellot syndrome, which is a verification for for them that yes, this Picard had Shellot syndrome, and he was thrown in a Riemann dilithium mine. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he eventually became a soldier for the Riemanns and fought during the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. Um, so he eventually became the leader of the Riemanns, secretly constructed the Scimitar. And then plotted the overthrow of the Romulan Empire. And we finally get to see the Remans. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is our introduction to the Remans. Which is actually some them. really cool makeup. It is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, we meet the the Reman uh, uh, Viceroy. Oh, uh, yeah. Played very, really, really good makeup by Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. It, the makeup's that good. I'll say it. Yeah. It is. Mm. It works for me. I I did not recognize it's Ron Perlman and the yep. voice. I get it now, but I didn't recognize yeah. it for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. it was really good. Uh, but the Enterprise detects some interesting radiation. It's Thaleron, which has been banned 
uh, by the Federation due to its uh, really dangerous properties. It, it's very destructive. And we see what it did at the beginning of the movie. We see what that it did very radiation, very small amounts, destroyed the entire Senate. Yeah. Um. So there are also some weird attempts communicating with the Enterprise computer. Uh, and also a very out of place scene that we'll talk about mm-hmm. where Shinzon invades the mind of Troy through his remake. Yeah, but... So yeah, we're gonna. I got a lot to yeah, say about. We're we'll, we'll talk. Later, we'll yeah. we'll get to that point. Yeah. Um, what they dis- what Crusher discovers through the work is that Shinzon clone isn't perfect and is dying because of the process to make him. Yeah. It's accelerating too fast. Yeah, it's accelerated, so he's gonna die quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they need a transfusion of Picard's blood. Um, Shinzon ends up kidnapping Picard and B4, but we find out that he planted B4 on Kolaris as a lure to get Picard out yeah, there. Yeah, sleeper However, agent. they were not uh, unaware, or the, the Enterprise crew was ready for this because it's not before, it's data. Mm-hmm. They swapped places. Uh, and they rescue Picard in a really cool escape scene. I it's do true. like this escape scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what they determine is that the scimitar is going to be used to invade the Federation and use the Thaleron generator generator as a way to destroy Earth. Um, yeah. You destroy oh, Earth, yeah. you destroy the Federation. That's yeah. the belief. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Classic move. Try to destroy Earth. The Enterprise start. tries to head back, but is intercepted at the Basin Rift by the scimitar. Which, you know, it's just the Enterprise and the Scimitar at this point. Mm-hmm. And the Scimitar is, as Picard described it, she's a predator. Mm-hmm. She has nothing but offensive weaponry and massive shields. Like, she's, she's just, she's a beast. Uh, and they can't do much. And they're trying their best, but they're failing. However, at the last second, two Romulan warbirds decloak and offer help. To Picard. Because they don't like Shinzon. They don't like yeah. Shinzon. Yes, Commander Dinatra, who we actually meet periodically. She's not a believer. She's mm-hmm. not, uh, and she doesn't want this. So uh, they fight. They fight. Ooh, that was a big amount of thunder. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have a huge <laughs> thunderstorm going on outside of my house. Like like we're in battle. A ship-to-ship battle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, it's, and it's a nasty battle, too. It is a nasty yeah, is. battle today. Enterprise uh, gets trashed really good. It does get really trashed, but in some of the best good. ways. Uh, anyway, so they fight and fight, but uh, what happens is eventually they're drawn into kind of a, uh, a stalemate. They they temporarily disable the Scimitar, but again, some of the best ship-to-ship battles I've ever seen. Uh, the 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 Romulan Warbirds are, are kind of, uh, uh, they're shot down. They're not destroyed but they're shot down. The Enterprise is pretty beat up. And in, in the end, they decide to ram oh, yeah. the Enterprise into the Scimitar. Which, which is a carryover from Insurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they end up pulling out face-to-face, and there's just destruction to both ships. They're running out of time. And Including, Shinzon... for the first time, the view screen getting blown out. Yes. Yeah. So Shinzon says, activate the weapon. We're just going to decimate the Enterprise. And so they begin uh, decimating it. However, um, Data ends up deciding to leap. Leap. He jumps from the Enterprise to the ship. By the way, at this point, 
Because Picard Captain is, Picard's been taken. Yeah. Picard's been taken. I forgot to mention that. Picard gets taken again. Um, and so Data leaps from one ship to the other, makes it aboard, storms the, the Scimitar, uh, and in an, ooh, there goes the lightning. Uh, in an interesting fight, uh, Shinzon ends up being killed uh, by Picard, but uh, it looks like all hope is lost until Data uh, puts a uh, special transport Transponder. device on yeah. Picard, and Picard beams back to the Enterprise, leaving Data to destroy the Thaleron generator before it can be launched, unfortunately killing himself in the process. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and this just really devastates everyone. It does. Uh, the, the bridge crew mourn the loss of Data. And uh, the Romulans, the loyal Romulans, Remember this. The ones who were loyal to the original Senate. Which mm -hmm. again will play a lot down the line between yeah. Captain Picard and the relations with the Romulans. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. they're open yeah. to talking. Uh they get back to Earth. Uh Riker uh, uh Picard builds well uh farewell to Riker, who goes over to the Titan with Troy. Uh Picard be then begins to nurture B4. Uh, they believe Data downloaded all his memories into B4 to see if it would work. We It doesn't seem like it's working, but then as they're walking away, B4 starts singing, never saw the sun shining so bright. Mm -hmm. He just keeps repeating, never saw the sun. He just keeps, you know, and that lets Picard know that Data is in there somewhere. Uh, and we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll as there. they leave, uh, the ship is in dock, ready to be repaired and worked on. And to prepare for whatever adventures the Enterprise has to offer in our future. But this will be the last time the Next Gen crew are all together. <laughs> until, until Picard Season 3. For 20 <laughs> years, yeah. 20 years. All right. So let's get this puppy. Let's kick this off. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to hit on, because I, I just love it, and I, I think the ship-to-ship -ship battles. Mm. Okay. I yeah. want to hit this because this is something that was always my favorite as a kid. I mm -hmm. loved it when I saw the Enterprise D rarely, but when the Enterprise D entered into combat. And thank goodness for a Deep Space Nine because then you get DS9. But I didn't see DS9 until I was much older, yeah. so I never got to yeah. see okay. that. Voyager, when Voyager would enter into combat and fight and have to do maneuvers, and like, I love that stuff. I was the kind of guy that used to watch Babylon 5 for when the fighters would come out. Mm -hmm. and, you know that the, mm -hmm. I that's the stuff I love. This is the best ship to ship battle up to this point that we would truly see. And there's been some good ones. Except maybe through the Medal of the Mutara Nebula. I'm gonna argue no. That's good in its own right, in its own way. That's true. There was this a lim is, limited technology. Yeah, I like the ship to ship yeah. combat in this. I really enjoy it. The the strategy that plays, and also what's funny is how much you see how much is Picard like Shinzon, which is a theme. How much is Picard like Shinzon and how much is Shinzon like Picard? How well yeah. do they truly and know each other? How much does our environment shape who we are? And then yep. it actually adds up to a really good battle because of it. The strategies involved and how are we going to stop each other and like this tit for tat that and it's goes a on. Gritty knockdown yeah, it's, it's a great fight i enjoyed this and graphically it looks good 
It looks really good. And the Bass and Rift gives it a really cool background. Absolutely, but it's green. Which with Rom, you kind of get it with the Romulans. This green, yeah, green board. What is it with the Borg, the Romulans? Why does everyone have to group green? Why are we doing green here? Hey, green's good. It looks good. <laughs> uh, Brennan, what do you think about this fight? This is a fantastic fight. I think we'll get to it in a minute, so I don't want to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. The part that doesn't work is Riker's fight with the um, Bison. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. the ship-to-ship battle, particularly things like the view screen getting blown out, the one guy unfortunately getting sucked out into space, yeah. the ramming scene is really cool, mm-hmm. the the Romulan showing up to help out, and I love the design of the new Warbirds. <laughs> That's really cool. I love the design of the scimitar. Getting to see the Enterprise in action like this. We had not gotten to see the Enterprise E really do a battle like this. And the 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 Sovereign class is so cool. Yeah. We got a little bit of it with Insurrection, but they were outnumbered. And it took blowing up a warp core yeah. <laughs> to, to win. So this really felt yeah, this is dis- a great battle. Despite the firepower, this really mm-hmm. felt like this best the best equal opportunity kind of fight. And like hand to hand combat on the yeah, Enterprise. I love this. I didn't like the hand to hand fighting. I, no, I, I will, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh Justin, how do you feel about this this fight? Um, like you guys, this is uh uh, one of the better parts of the film for me, one of the few things I do like about this movie is 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 the spaceship battle, um, because at this point, you know, even though it's twenty years old, the special effects are still pretty good uh, for this ship battle. Um, yeah. You know, it's like it's amazing how far they've come as far as like what they can do now, like what you see on uh, the current shows, uh, you know, Stranger Worlds and, and Picard. Um, uh, I I I love the ship designs, the scimitar. I know some people don't like the scimitar. I think the scimitar is is a really kind of cool looking, very ominous. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's like uh, one one of the few. It's like you know, there's not many great lines in the movie, but I do like when Picard's like looks at her and says like she's a predator. It's like because they, it the the ship is designed to uh, just just from the visual design is meant to look menacing. It's like it, like it, to intimidate you. It's like it's it's huge. It's 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 like twice the size of the uh, of the uh, sovereign enterprise. E. It's oh, a it's a huge ship, and um like I mean like Worf lifts off that. It's got like like all these like disruptor bags. It's loaded with photon torpedoes, um and then of course it's got the Thaleron rocket on top of that. Um so it's it's a it's a gigantic um killing machine, and I like that you know like. You know, Picard has to play, you know, it's like, you know, do a lot of like duck and dodge here because he knows that like they can't, they, it's like, it's good. Like the Enterprise, the, the Sovereign class is a real, is a, is a really cool starship. And it was, uh, you know, built, built during, you know, time right around the Dominion War happened, you know, it's like it, and um, it was definitely, you know, like a part of where Starfleet was definitely thinking about like building more um fighter capable ships between you know you know the borg being a threat and then you know it's like what happened with the dominion and the and the whole war um she can go into battle and 
So it was nice to see like the 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 Enterprise E go into like a real battle because like you said, the one in Insurrection, um, yeah, there is a battle, but it's it doesn't it's it's it doesn't last very long, and it's more Riker has to like do a little like outmaneuvering because like you said, like they're outgunned. It's like it's like they're it's like like there's two Sona ships and there's only just the Enterprise, and it's like they and they get damaged. So he it's like he has to pull some tricks on his hat in order to win that. This is more of a straight up just like. We're pounding the hell out of each other, kind of. And place. to give you an idea of what uh, what this ship can do, let me give you its stats. It is twice as big as the Enterprise E. It can fire when cloaked. It has fifty two disruptor banks, twenty seven photon torpedo bays, and has both primary and secondary phasing shields. Yeah, this thing is badass. Yeah, we saw what happened uh, all the way back in Star Trek VI when you have uh, a ship that can fire when cloaked. And it's like how General Chance Bird of Prey did a number on the Enterprise A in uh, Undiscovered Country. It's like we see that here because if I uh, remember correctly, like, because like Shinsan comes to the battle like cloaked and he's like firing and it takes a while. Then we'll run that, okay, we need first we need to get past the cloak and then we can be able to try to damage, you know, like the scimitar. So, like, that's a whole nother, that's a huge tactical advantage. That it can fire while cloaked. That's that's really scary. You know, it's like you know, it's like it can it can devastate a starship and they can't even see it until it's too late. You know, I don't think like... we've really seen something this damaging since. And correct me if I'm wrong, Brennan. The plasma bolt from Balance of Terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We haven't seen yeah. anything like this. No, yeah, I totally agree. And it's that like, was yeah. from a Romulan bird of prey back way back when. I mean, look at the evolution we have that we yeah, that was see. well over a hundred years ago. Yeah, from Nemesis. This is mm-hmm. nuts. This is nuts. Yeah. Uh, and just then, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. one last thing. Um, it, I also like um the new Warbird design. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're really cool. Um, a lot, a lot of these ship designs ended up in um the Star Trek Online game, which I I frequently play. Oh yeah. Um, and um, so it's it's they really did a good job of rendering those stuff into the game. Um. Yeah, it, it's a cool moment. I, I do like it. it's a cool moment when Commander Dodger shows up to help because it's like there was since throughout the movie that she was, yeah, like you said, she was not all in on, uh, you know, Shinjan taking over. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, she was, you know, following along because, you know, she's she's only a commander. She she wasn't, there was higher ranking members of the military that were supporting Shinjan above her. Yes. But, you know, like, but he, he, like, he's like, there's that scene where he singles her out. When the the one Raman's like, why are you wasting time? Just you said you were gonna attack the Federation. Why did you bring you know the Enterprise here? It's like what you know what what are you doing? Because because you know they, they don't know about his plan to you know I, to get Picard's blood and all that and uh, the other uh, eh, weird reasons <laughs> he wants to spend time we'll, with Picard's work. We'll get, um, we'll get there. there. We'll get into that later. But um, like he's like, hey, because like the it's like. I want you to prove your load to me. It's like keep an eye on him. If he sh- if he looks like he's going to betray me, I want you to tell me because then I'll reward you. If you don't, then I'll kill you. Yeah, it's like it's like, <laughs> it's um, like that, that's where you get someone on your side. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, also she's played by uh, Dina Meyer, who I'm a fan of from uh, Starship Troopers. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it was cool seeing her. In, in, well, wait a minute. That's um, she's spoken very That's... fondly over the years of playing this character. You know, it's like it's not like a big role, but you know, it's like uh, it's it's a little, it's a bit memorable. Wait, you did know, she like... play Dizzy? 
and yes, Starship yeah, Troopers? Yeah, she's busy, okay. busy in Starship Troopers. She's also she's, in wow, uh, Dragonheart and uh, played Barbara Gordon in the short-lived Birds of Prey series. Who did she play in Dragonheart? Uh, ooh, was she the, the like the love interest kind of? You know, Her name was Kara. Yeah, uh, I think I think I know who the character is. There's also a Johnny Mnemonic. Wait, is it is it is it her character whose dad gets blinded by the king? Yeah, I, I think that's her. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. Yeah, I remember so, that. Anyway, that that whole ship battle is really cool. It's definitely one of the um few uh parts of the movie I really enjoy. Um, on all that stuff. So yeah, um, uh, definitely one of the one of the positives of this yep. movie is is the is the spaceship fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I want to move from our ships into uh, you know, what is the heart of any good story, and that's its characters. Mm. Um, let's let's focus on our captain and our villain, because it you obviously with the plot of this, they are a mirror of each other, and that is a theme in here. So let's talk a little bit about that, Justin. How did you like? The the kind of weird chemistry, but that works, I think, between Shinzon and Picard. If you ignore the other parts of the movie, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a it's 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 kind of weird. But there's moments where it's like it works be, just because of, I mean, you know, like, you know, th- this is early Tom Hardy, you know, like he was just starting his career. Um, you know, it's like, but you can see definitely, um, the acting chops that he would definitely show off later in his career um it's like um it's like unfortunately the the um box office failure and the and the negative reception this movie got as he's talked about really hurt his career um he uh and caused a lot of personal problems for him unfortunately which is very sad because and he came he back really with the a, yeah he uh like yeah he got into drugs and even contemplated suicide you know it's like comes yeah. out of what this did for his career it took him a it took him a Several years to be able to get his career back. I think on it was track. was the movie Warrior where he really bounced back. I think so, and then then Inception. Which yeah, is, I think between oh, yes. those two, that's when his career his career finally was really yes. able. To In Inception, off. that's correct. Um, it's it, it it's unfortunate because he really it's like despite you know issues with the plot and everything, he really puts in a heck of a performance as Shinzon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the scenes with with um with uh, Patrick Stewart. Um. There's yeah, moments where they are. really play off each other really well, um, especially later in the movie where Picard really tries to reason with him, because at first you know Picard is very disturbed and offended that you know this is a clone of me, he's like he feels violent. He's like he, he um, there's a line that is from a deleted scene that was in the trailer, like he, like he he tells Troy that he feels violated. You know, it's like you know like that you know this is a. That you know, like, with those, like planning to yeah. kill him and replace him with this clone, um, but then when he finds out about what, everything that's happened to Shinzon and what what he's gone through, he feels sorry for him in a way, even though mm-hmm. he's he's you know trying to you know cause all this death and destruction. Um, Picard still feels for him because it's like it's like he he never really got a chance to be able to have a real life, a better life. You know, it's like you know, it's like he he was. Thrown into the the lithium mines on re on, on uh, with the Remans when he was just a kid, yeah. Just it, only like a when he was a teenager, yeah. Um, and he had to go th- endure all that hardship, and then uh, fighting in the in the Dominion War. Uh, you know, as we've mm. seen, the Dominion War definitely has left a lot of scars on a lot of people. Mm. You know, it's like w- with what um, 
the Federation, not just the Federation, but also Klingons and the Rhymelands and what they had to do in order to win that war. And it's like, and the effect it had on the galaxy. And it's like, so it's like he, so he's a war veteran on top of that of a very nasty war. And, you know, he's like, he, he feels, it's like, he's definitely of like, you know, like, it's like, I'm going out in a blaze of glory because I don't got much time left. I'm going to like, you know, I want to leave my mark on the universe. I want to do something yeah. memorable. And like, what better way to do it than to take out the, you know, hurt the Federation and which is, you know, which is, which is the callback. Yeah. When he wants to know about the mark that the cards left on the galaxy. Yeah. And he wants I, to know what legacy he's part of. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, 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 they talk about that. And uh, of all the scenes, the one I think is my favorite, mm-hmm. I think works best, is the last time that they talk where he appears in Picard's ready room, I think, by a hologram, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have that conversation where Picard tries to reason with him to, like, to try to get through to him to stop his his very maddening plan. Mm-hmm. And he, it's like, it's it becomes evident that, you know, like, at this point, Shinzon is too far gone. He just does not give a, not give a hoot. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he he is going to do what he's going to do, and it's like, and and is it, at least you at least it's nice that Picard at least attempts to try to get through to him because it's like because he does feel some sympathy for for the what a craptacular life yeah. he's lived and and how it shaped him. You know, it's like even though he's choosing to do bad things, it's like you know he still is like you know like if he, if things have been different, maybe he would be a better person. You know, it's yeah. like so, you know, like uh, uh, an ally instead of an enemy, yeah. and so you know, like he tries to get through to him, and, uh, hoping that you know some of, even though he's a clone and he does, he didn't have the kind of life and the memories that he has, that there's still some of like what he is in there, and but unfortunately, it's like it's like it doesn't work. But at least he tries, and and, and I do give the, I do give the script credit for that. At least they try that. But there's also just some weirdness, especially like in the yeah. first meeting, okay, where yeah. he's like, he's like, I feel everything you feel. I see it. It, it gets really weird and creepy. It's like, yeah. that, mm-hmm. and like, I'm like, what? I don't know what they were thinking. I'm like, no, because it, 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 it's so bizarre that he comes off that way. He's talking like, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I want you to come have dinner with me tomorrow on Rhymeless and we'll talk more. It's it's a weird mood whiplash, especially where, yep. and also he's coming on to Troy. It's like, oh, can I touch your hair? It's like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it's like he. It's like, it is. It is one heck of an introduction. It is, but it's just very weird. Because you it, get to, you know everything that you need to know that in that scene. He, you know what? It's so mixed is my problem with him because the yeah. stuff with Picard, I buy. Yes. Drive to live, to survive, makes sense to me. And as a motivation in of itself, I'm fine with that. Where I get a little sketchy with him and it goes a little sour is everything else. Why do you want to destroy the Federation? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're a Romulan, but let's give a reason more than just being Romulan. Why are you after Troy? Why are you being a creepy sexual predator? And why do I think Chris Hansen's going to pop out of a room at a moment and ask you why you're a predator? Mm-hmm. I want to understand this. Well, yeah. what's, well, what's interesting is I think the writing is really where this movie fails. I think Tom yes. Hardy's performance it's excellent. It's the writing that lets him go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. Like, 
the whole thing, one of the most things that drives me nuts about this movie is the whole subplot where Ron Perlman's Viceroy mind rapes Troy. It serves mm. no purpose. It's not like he's trying to gain any kind of information or secrets about the Enterprise. It feels like they're just doing it because they feel like it. And it, it's very, it's, it, it feels, it makes me feel icky every time I watch it. The worst it, it, character in this film is the Viceroy. And it's sad because Ron Perlman is awesome. Yeah, yeah. He and he's the wasted. makeup's great. It looks yeah. menacing. He looks and sounds awesome, it. but his character is a complete waste. And and also, it's like that's all he does is is like he's he he's and, lieutenant and he mind rapes Troy. And and also the mind rape thing is funny because it it reminds me a bit of Discovery season one. Where there was just this desire, I don't know where it came from, just to throw things at their shock value. Yes. You know, D Discovery Season 1 had extremely gruesome violence, uh, extremely unpleasant sexual scenes, uh, details like the the Legons have three penises, you know, it's like it, it, it feels like that in the sense of I understand that Star Trek needs to push the needs to always be telling new and interesting stories. But some of the this stuff like the rape in Enterprise or I'm sorry, in uh in Nemesis and the stuff in Discovery Season One feels out of place because it would probably be the same as putting a sex scene in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> It just would not feel right, given the that that's never been its nature, right? But yeah, but the, yeah. the Troy does feel unnecessary to the the story because um, I think the only thing it yields is somehow Troy is able to track them yeah. when they're cloaked, which doesn't make any really doesn't make any sense, right? Right, they could have left I, that part out. I, I'm, I'm a mid fence on that ability. But point is, they could have left the rape. They really could have. Right. Left it. it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's unpleasant. It's, it's unpleasant. Yeah. It serves no purpose. It, it's, it's, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like it's a, it's a WTF. And and why Chidzon has a thing for Troy? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you spent too long reading her profile and staring at her picture for too long. And also, you're supposed to feel like, yeah, when Riker is the one who gets to kill the Viceroy, it's almost like like payback. You're like, it's like, oh, it's like okay. this, you know, this is, you know, this is for you know, mind rape oh, and my my wife. Uh, you know, it's like that <laughs> fight scene is so so barren. So oh, it's it's not good. It's also got that really bad slow motion with that bad motion blur. Oh, I don't like that. The motion yeah. blur, which is like weird. And then, of course, it's they're fighting on deck 29, which apparently these movies have not been very consistent to the number of decks in the Enterprise. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. And like you were mentioning about like Shinzon's motives outside of the stuff where it's just him and Picard. Is the, yeah, it's definitely where like the plot falls apart because there's so many like holes in his whole plan. I mean, and you know, and it's like, and it's like, it's like, it, if you but, really wanted that blood transfusion, 
he could have done it like right near the beginning, and like yeah. most of this movie wouldn't have happened. Like, All you like had when to they do first was meet, ask. Like, yeah, <laughs> but no joke. But it asked. Just ask and been honest and go. Look, here's the deal. Once you proved you were a clone, what the background was. I'm, I'm dying. dying. I need help. You're telling me that it. that she couldn't have like replicate where Crusher yeah. couldn't have replicated his blood. You're telling me you couldn't have done that? No. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I'd like to bring up really quick is the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, I think Picard's great. Yeah, Shinzon's great. Mm-hmm. Data is great. The V four gets a little goofy, but we'll get there. Yeah. But Brent Spiner is great as Data. The other characters either don't get much screen time, no, or are kind of reduced to rather thankless roles. Even like uh, Worf and Doctor Crusher hardly yeah, have anything to do with this. Like outside of like the Doctor Crusher barely gets anything to do in these movies. Yeah, she gets the shaft. Uh, Worf, outside of the Argo, doesn't get to do much uh, at all I think, either. I think if he had taken on the, the Reman... He's, yeah, he goes off and fights the Reman. Yeah. But then you yeah. don't have that emotional connection. We take yeah, that it's true. It's yeah, true. It's true. Just, yeah. I get um, it. And here's the thing. I don't think they knew what to do with Worf just coming off of DS9. And we don't even know why Worf is there. It makes no, the most sense. A, that was that 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 was in a de- that um that was explained in a deleted scene. Yeah, that's that's the thing. There are too many so deleted scenes in this. I movie. I have a special section just for this movie, uh, which we will get to. Called, why did they leave that out? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll there. The we'll get to that. But yeah. it's something that but again, as far movie as... movie as is, we don't even understand it. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. There's no in the movie. There's no because like last time you saw Worf. In the in the series finale, Deep Space Nine, he was going to become you know the Federation's ambassador to the Klingon Empire. Yeah, he was going to be on Kronos if, with. If they had just said Worf was there for the wedding, and Picard asked him for to hang around, do a little help, you know, I I'll buy that. I'll buy that, Mister Worf. Would you Would you mind doing a few duty rounds while you were well, here? I think I'm he like, was yeah. there to go to the honeymoon. I think. Yeah. But it's like go to it's the very clear that he's a part of the Enterprise crew again, without any explanation as to why he's not a not 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 the not an ambassador, and also you know back back uh, serving on the Enterprise. Oh, I wonder you if know, he's like, going to be go to the wedding on Data's edge, right? And yeah, but tell us that you just yeah, the, they could have at least added a line saying, "Hey, Mister Worth, you know." Thanks for thanks coming, for Warp. Coming to... If someone said thanks yeah. for coming, Warp, you know, I'm glad right. you got your way as ambassador. So yeah. one line would have fixed I think all that, this. Yeah, I think that also goes to one of the other problems that the director of this movie, Stuart Baird, yeah. didn't know much about Star Trek coming which, into this. Which is weird which is because one of the big problems, I think, of this movie. Which you there's a counterpoint to that, which is that Nicholas Meyer didn't know hardly anything about Star Trek. But he made a really good movie. Stuart there did not have the same look. Well, also, um, Nicholas Meyer also did a little bit of homework. Yeah, on that's true. That's true. Yeah. So it, According like to the cast, Stuart there did not do homework on it. Also, the fact that um, he couldn't even uh, address LeVar Burton by his correct name. Uh, 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 LeVarne, like, uh, and he thought he was an alien. Yeah, that's like and it's Marina like, Marina Sirtis has since said he's an idiot. So 
Yeah, it's like LeVar Burton and Marina Sirtis have... Which is uh, a shame. Said in, yeah, in, re in interviews over the years. Because not Stuart, things about Baird. Stuart Baird is a well-respected editor. Well, this is his third time directing. He directed two movies before this. He directed the... um, And they were both action films. Uh, it was U.S. Marshals, the sequel, the spinoff sequel to The Fugitive with okay. Tommy Jones, gotcha. um, Wesley Snipes, and um, Robert Downey Jr., and then he also did um, Executive Decision with uh, Kurt Russell and mm. Steven Seagal, which is I'm actually a, a fan of that movie. It's it's a good act. It's a good '90s action movie. Yeah. So, so I guess it really. This was only his to... third time. This is only the third movie he'd ever like was in the director's. I guess it boils down to so, if you're going to direct Star Trek, do your homework. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. One of the other things that I really enjoyed out of this um even though this has sort of turned into the what we don't like segment it started to <laughs> but the escape from the scimitar the first time that's pretty fun by yeah. data that's, and picard that's a good sequence that was a lot of fun the scorpion mm -hmm. vest uh, attack fighters mm -hmm. that whole thing like let's blow up i i love that whole let's get out of here kind of thing and i i like that no, even move, switching move. places i kind of saw that coming but i was like okay and the whole data move Move, puny human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, also, I also like the um. I generally, generally speaking, like the score by Jerry Goldsmith. I think um, some parts lay a little heavy on the synthesizers, yeah. but other parts really work. Because mm -hmm. Jerry Goldsmith is never disappointed. No, it, whenever Jerry does stuff for Star Trek, it's usually it usually delivers. I mean, like he's for me, he's de he's delivered so many iconic pieces of Star Trek music. I mean, he gave us the 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 main theme from the motion picture, which was yep. repurposed as mm -hmm. the theme for Star Trek: Next Generation, which is amazing. The Klingon theme, um, it's like ah, oh, I love the Klingon. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like so he he's contributed so much, um, music wise to Star Trek. And it's like, and this was a, um, his fifth and final um, Star Trek film that he composed the score for. And he does um, a good job. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. There's a lot of good music in this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let, let's hit some of the things directly that we oh, like. Boy. And I I want I want to get mm -hmm. on my soapbox for a minute here. Go for it. The way they treated Deanna Troy in this, I mm -hmm. I have stood by this. From day one, I felt the same way about Nichelle Nichols in all six movies. And I feel the same way about Deanna Troy in all four next-gen movies. She is underutilized. She is mm -hmm. underappreciated. And now we're turning her into nothing more than a sexualized object that is yeah. wrong. It is inappropriate in 2002 when this was coming out. It is not okay. Deanna Troy as a character, is a powerful person, yep. and I wanted more of her. And as, as a woman... And she never gets to counsel. Either. As a woman, I'm yep. insulted that... I, I, not no, me as a woman. As a woman. As a woman. As a woman. Me? Okay. Look, I'm insulted. I'm insulted <laughs> that they turned her into a damsel in distress. Yeah, as yes. a woman, I feel very insulted. Then. <laughs> I, 
I'm not transgender. I'm not crossing. I'm just no, as a husband, I'm passionate. As a passionate father and husband, well, as a father of two girls, I imagine. That thank this, you. This really yeah. I I really don't like them turning her into a sexualized object. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was appropriate. I don't think no. it was needed. You take that out of here, and the only thing you remove is that that kind of that kind of psychic thing. And I argue. They probably still could have got away with doing that just fine with her, you you know, honing her her feelings and her senses. Where exactly are they? I think you could have got away with that. The whole rapey thing was not needed. It which, was stupid. Which is funny because 2002, and this, of course, is, is the things we used to do in movies. Mm-hmm. Even now, but before the Me Too movement were even worse. In 2002, and I don't want to, let me preface this by saying, I am not insulting George Lucas or anybody who worked on Attack of the Clones. I am not saying that I hate them because I don't. However, this year, we get Nemesis, we get Attack of the Clones, both movies. Of things involving the female characters that were inappropriate then and they are very inappropriate now. Mm-hmm. Of sort of rapey kind of things going on. Now, mind you, we were very unenlightened back then. It does not make it right. In fact, it was always wrong. Yeah. But in the same year, you get two big sci-fi blockbusters that have women in situations that are completely inappropriate. And I hope that as we go forward, and I think the new Trek shows have done a better job with the female characters, that we continue to get rid of these older things that we got away with back in a time when we never should have gotten away with them, but that was the time, unfortunately. Yeah. When, when we get the the JJ verse films, I think we do see a leap uh, because yes, very much so, uh, yes. Neota, Neota, uh, um, uh, um, uh, Ad, uh, Mar- uh, Carol Marcus, yeah, uh, and then Jayla. Jayla, you have three yeah. very good. Well, I mm-hmm. think well-developed yeah. female characters again yeah. except maybe it's the part where alice eve is in her underwear i know uh i'm sorry guilty pleasure <laughs> i am male i am weak i uh, mean she's also cute still but i will say this she still takes she's not the damsel yeah yeah she, she takes, takes charge yeah. there's a fine line between yeah. sexualizing a woman and a woman taking her sexual power there's yes. a fine line there And yes, I think in films we flirt with that line a lot. I would say, in my opinion, the J.J. films go on the line of giving a woman back more of her power than taking it. And then the shows, we get Michael Burnham, a woman, is the lead character of Discovery. Giorgio, serious female captain. Giorgio is a great character. Yeah, Played by Michelle Yeoh. Number one, and Ma'an Noonien Singh. Yeah, from the new shows. Ortegas. I mean, we yes. can go on and on and on. Female representation right. has gotten better. Uh, even yeah. Gwen in in Prodigy and other things like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like I have issues with Dis Discovery overall as a but show. Whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the things I did enjoy was you know the them trying to you know put forth like you know good female characters, and it's definitely improved. And and even like um, much to my enjoyment because she was one of my favorite characters from Star Trek Voyager. Um, what they've done with uh, what Seven Nine um, has mm -hmm. gone through character wise on Star Trek Picard has been fantastic, mm -hmm. especially in the in the current third season. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, it, which is long overdue for such a one of my favorite uh, truck characters. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I I agree with everything you said, Chris. It's like it. That's one of the things that frustrates me about the next gen movies is um, how um, how both Marina Circus and Case McFadden got this service with their characters. It's like they, I mean. The only the other stuff that she, uh, Troy gets to do is like comedic stuff. Like she gets drunk on tequila in first contact. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like you know, getting horny with Riker and in insurrection. It's yeah. like other than that, what else is she doing? It's like hardly anything. And and even worse for um uh Dr. Crusher. Uh it's like yeah. it, so I totally understand why they were so frustrated um with um I mean like it, it's like not all the movies were bad experiences, but especially by by Nemesis. Yeah, their frustration is, is yeah. was very evident, you know, in interviews about. Yeah, apparently, Marina Sirtis and Stuart Baird used to argue all the time. Oh, I, I, I totally, I, I can see that with what the her character goes through in this movie. Yeah. Uh, outside of you know the happy moment with her and Riker and the wedding, you know, that's great. After that, it's all just, it's like, oh, it's, 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 it's not good. So not to dwell too much on this very, very horrible subject. <laughs> I think that we can probably we've already talked about what we don't like. Yeah. Um but you know, one thing of... one okay. thing I do want to mention is I think that B4 is yeah, is a little goofy. Now we know that Brent Spiner yeah, the, the whole... is generally right. a good actor. But when he starts to get a little Goofy, or you know, as as Captain Ingle has pointed out, a little bit whiny. We can sometimes go a little far, and I think that his performance as Data is really good in this movie. His performance as B four, I think, skirts the line of comedy for comedy's sake, right. Not to add to the movie. Um, it's not a major criticism as far as the character. Other than I don't really understand the character's purpose. Other than to be sort of a mole on the Enterprise. Right. But that never really goes anywhere. So it's kind of... Rather, because yeah. of him, Data gets to live on. So That's what it feels it's like, is that guy. it's... Yeah, it's he is. It seems like in the end, his only purpose is to be as like, because you know, as as it was, uh, it's been made clear since then. You know, is like you know, Brent as Brent Spiner was getting older, um, like like literally with Spock, it was he was like, I can't keep playing Data forever, um, you know, like he, he's not supposed to really age, but I'm aging, so it's like it, he was looking to have Data be killed off and i i understand that and um i just don't know i have mixed feelings about his death the 
uh, Picard and everybody's reactions to his death is fantastic. And, yes. So, and, and, yes. And, and, and also one of the great moments yes. when they're all like, you know, having that wake. Um, I mean, you, I start crying every time I watch that. Yeah, and like, like, uh, like you know, Troy can't keep it together, and yeah. like, right, talks about um all the way going all the way back to the first episode of Counter Four, which, when we first which data. just just recently I started. Which we to got that great callback recently, with no spoilers. Great callbacks to that, yeah. Mm -hmm. To that, what Riker was talking about in in, in season three of Picard, it, it was, a great callback. It was really um, nice to connect the dots from. Nemesis all the way back to encounter at Fourth Point. Yeah. That was really cool. It just feels like B4 is kind of like shoehorned in. And also like the movie, because it's weird, because like because like the movie starts with um the coup and, and Shinzon assassinating the Praetor of the Robin Senate. Then we go to the wedding. It's and pretty good intro. Up, pretty good you intro. Know, yeah, with the intro. And you think that after the wedding, they would go right to the Romulan, back to the Romulan thing. Instead, they have this whole sidetrack with finding B4 that mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like it's like wait a minute what about what's going on in Rhymeless? what's you know it's like it mm -hmm. it, 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 it 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 it's it sidetracks like the plot very very obviously and not in a good way you know because you're because like first time I was watching I'm like well, why are we it's like what's going on with why are we getting back to the what's going on in Romulus? What what's going on here? You know, it's like, and it's it's very obvious that, you know, it's like it's you know between you know, like all of a sudden out of nowhere a long lost um brother, um brother android of Data shows up just yeah. when something like this is happening. So it's you very just gave me a it thought. doesn't take long for you to figure out even before the first time you see um before doing stuff that um uh, that is you know under Shinsan's control that you, you just, know, he was plant he was a plant. You just you know, gave me like, an idea. Yeah. It's like but it's you, like you just gave me an idea that I could have told it maybe a little better. Mm -hmm. They go to Romulus, they meet Shinzon and Shinzon says I present you a gift. We found this Android. Yeah, yeah, that would have worked better. And then like, on the Enterprise they would have all been sitting around going, okay, it's pretty clear that this is a spy. And that's how Data would have known to switch places with Thor so that he could rescue the card on the scimitar. Exactly. Like if he had like been like as a token of showing um that you can trust me, I here we we recently discovered this uh this apparent uh, uh soon android. Uh it's like, it's like uh, a Luke Skywalker sure that Lieutenant the Commander Data would be very, very interested in meeting uh, a, a long lost brother. <laughs> it's as, like Luke Skywalker giving the droids to Java the Hutt. Exactly. Yeah. That that would it, that works so much better. The, yeah. The way mm -hmm. the B four is brought into the plot is it feels like something that doesn't belong in the movie. It's like yeah. it really yeah. like derails things for a bit. Could have done it better. Could have done it yeah. better. Yeah. I would agree with that. So, Captain Ingle, I think maybe it's time. Yes. To talk about all the deleted scenes. Yeah. Let's so, go over that. Our our brand new sex. Our brand new section. Why did they take that out? Oh my word, there are so many good scenes in this. All right, so I, I want to yeah. bring up, here's what I'll do. I have a list. I'll bring it up to you guys. Tell me whether mm -hmm. you think, yeah, it should have stayed out, or no, it had to stay in. What are you thinking? Yeah. So here we go. Okay. Uh, an extended scene at the wedding involving an actual line from Wesley Crusher, who was there 
Going what? to the Titan. By the way, I pegged Wesley Crusher there when I saw this all those years ago. And I went, what is Wesley doing there? What is going on? Like, I asked so many questions at that point. But uh, he confirmed that he's going to be serving uh, as ops officer aboard the US t- USS Titan. I think they should have uh, kept that see. in. I think they should have kept that in. Uh, actually, I'm going to disagree because Wesley being in Starfleet is a giant continuity error. Because or he left Starfleet he when said... we last saw him. He could have said, you know, the Travelers brought me back, the, um, yeah. the Federation wants me back in, and I'm, you know, something like that. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, like... But you make a good point. You make a good yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks that Will Wheaton has, like, no lines. He's only on screen for, like, a couple of seconds, and yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's that's not cool. I And Guinan only gets, like, like, one or two lines of dialogue, and then yeah. she's gone. Yeah. It's like, mm, yeah, they, they it's debatable whether they should have kept that scene. But I think that you could argue either way. Because then you would have to explain, like, well, it's like, because then, yeah, it's right. back in, that's all right Starfleet. that, you know, Wesley has a couple more scenes, but then you don't have an explanation Starfleet. of why he's back yeah. in Starfleet when he left it to go the yeah, journey throughout the cosmos with the travel. Good point. Good point. Okay. If you don't offer an explanation why he's back in Starfleet, then it's kind of yeah. like, okay. It's, so it's, it's like it's, a third it's the same problem with Worf all of a sudden not being an ambassador. So they no probably should have kept the scene, but with a few more lines of dialogue. Okay. To explain what's going on. I so, agree. Yeah. Uh, next one: uh, a conversation between Picard and Data over a glass of uh, Chateau Picard, or or as Worf calls it, sour mead. I think they should have <laughs> kept that scene. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I like this yeah. scene because it, it 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 mirrors what's going to happen later, and also and the wine, the wine after that. Data's passing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And also I, I they, they talk about the nature of moving on. We yes. also get a full understanding of who's going and who's staying. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Yeah, like the fact. Yeah, the, it, oh, yeah. There's a whole other scene that regarding Beverly that was cut that explains yeah. that is also not cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we, I I agree with that. Yeah, that that keep, scene keep should, that should stay. There is a scene with a Shinzon right after the wedding scene, mm. uh, where it actually has uh, trailer dialogue. Uh, but in darkness there is strength, which is the Viceroy. Uh, the time we have dreamed of is at hand. The mighty Federation will fall before us. Mm, leave it out. It rubs his entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so leave it out. I think. Okay. Yeah, especially since we don't really like. Them going over to the scimitar and seeing him in person—that's that—that's a that, that's a buildup. There's a buildup. Yeah, it's more of a better buildup to them because uh, to the reveal. Of it would be like is. like Darth Vader showing up in the very first scene of Star Wars. It just wouldn't have. So that cut, I don't mind. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, leave, that's leave it out. Uh, a discussion in the crew lounge. I want to call it ten forward. Now I'm going to call it ten forward just because. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they're in ten forward, Riker, Troy, and Worf, and talking about the honeymoon. By the way, is that not an awkward conversation? Talking yes. about your honeymoon with your ex boyfriend. Well, the Datazoids are kind of, you know. I get it. Uh, anyway, uh, I mean, if it had been about... Dr. Fox, it would have been completely normal. <laughs> they talk about how they're going to honeymoon on the Opal Sea and Beta Z, which also makes more sense because uh, Picard later says the Opal Sea will have to wait number one. Mm, okay. Yeah. When they go yeah. to Romulus, yeah, yeah, they probably could have kept. And also a scene in there in that same point where Data walks in with B four and tries to teach B four how to eat with a spoon. 
I don't know if that scene would be necessary. That didn't one feel necessary, but maybe like the just some of the dialogue. I, the opal you know, scene, like, line, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Worf warning Picard about the Romulans, uh, telling him, "I recommend extreme caution." I think they should have kept it in because of the Klingon attitude toward Romulans. Uh yeah, and also Worf's uh very well-known personal attitude. About mm, the Robins. Yeah. Good point. Um, remember, good point. remember uh the uh TNG episode where um they had the uh Romulan crewman um who the was defector. dying and, the defector. Yeah, and, and he, he the only way he could survive was a blood transfusion from Worf and mm. Worf refused. Worf refused and he died yeah. because the Romulans killed his family. He yeah, he good is point. not a fan of the Romulans. You're which, right, because the Romulans did massacre his entire family, so he is not a. He is not a. Yeah, and also, all the stuff that happened in TNG with Sila yeah. and all that mm -hmm. stuff. He's like he is not a fan of. Yeah, the and, and the people. fact that we this whole movie we don't see him, well, any antagonism towards the Romulans. Yep, that and also that should have been left in because it would have made his line about giving respect to Denatra on the Romulans for showing up to help them. Mm, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Okay, we have a scene where Picard is walking down a corridor with Troy, uh, and Troy reminds him that he and Shinzon are not the same person. They're two different people. Uh, and then Picard, which this was in the trailer, uh, says, it was like a part of me had been stolen. Yeah. yeah, that would actually be a good scene, because Counselor Troy is actually doing what she does. Yeah. And also, Counseling. Counseling. yeah, because there's a scene, because uh, there's a scene in the movie where he's like, after they Beverly does the the DNA test to show, and then they find out that he's a clone of Picard. He asks to talk to Troy, and they leave, and we don't see their conversation. Mm, that's that's what good that's point. what was cut was them going out and having that conversation. Good point. Yeah. Good so point. yeah, no that that should have been left in because it's it's Troy actually it's Picard going to Troy and confiding her about how he feels about the situation, yeah, which he that's should. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I agree. Yeah, that should be um, a second mind rape scene in the turbolift. I think we've established. No, mind no rape thank you. No. Stay out. Keep it out. Keep yeah. it out. Yep. Yep. Uh, we yep. see Sick Bay getting ready for battle and Crusher and uh, Picard having a dialogue referencing to seek out new life and new civilizations. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, give Dr. Crusher more to do. Yeah. So I feel at this point for I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just give her another scene. That's all I said. Worf, okay. Uh, Worf and LaForge packing up Data's personal belongings in his quarters uh, after the memorial service, including LaForge looking at Data's violin and the Holmes pipe. When Spot jumps up in Worf's arms, who, and this is my favorite line, not in the film. He says he is not a cat person, and LaForge is, you are now. You are now. And you know, actually, they probably should have kept that scene. I want that in there. That, that would have added been, some levity. It's a proper yeah. send-off to Data. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. it 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 shows, you know, like, their connection to Data, you know, and and nice little, you know, continuity Easter eggs with, but, you know, his personal effects. You do know. you think they I, should have had a scene... That was an actual official Starfleet funeral for Data. What do you think? That that would have eaten up maybe too much time. I mean, the well, movie yeah. is already. Yeah, that's I mean, true. they were trying to keep this movie around or just under two hours. I, I mean, mean, they cut they out. They could have 
hinted they that there would have been a funeral. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I say keep that out. Maybe they could have said, yeah. we'll have the funeral on such and such. A... We'll get back to Earth. Or, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, a conversation in the end between Picard and Crusher, where she invites him to dinner on Earth uh, after she is left for Starfleet Medical. Uh, um, yes, please. Yeah, keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Keep yes, it. please. Yeah. I always like the chemistry between them, even now in Picard season yes. three. Yes, very much. So. Yeah, uh, and I, I was going to say, uh, I, because of Picard season three, I wish that scene had been there because that adds a little bit more yes. to, you know, uh, uh, to where the, what, what's, what's, what happened in the interim after Nemesis oh, uh, up to like, the third season of Picard between the two of them. My my and my favorite extended deleted scene. Uh, involves being in space talk and it's two parts yes. put together oh yes, yes. the first yes. is the introduction of the seatbelts on picard's command chair it would have been kind of fun which that i love i kind of adore it actually it's funny and it is and also because the guy got sucked out into space it's kind of... yes we're not wearing a seatbelt <laughs> but uh picard's line about damn time i love that yeah but the introduction of Commander Madsen, who is his new yeah. first mm -hmm. officer, and the joke that Riker plays on him. He says, is there, I've never... I think his name is Madden. Martin Madden? Madden? Oh, I thought it was Madsen. Yeah. Okay. Madden. Martin Madden. Uh, Martin Madden. Um, what I love about this is Riker... It's, it's a great setup. I wanted this in here. He, gets he to says, I've never, served with him. I've never served with him. Uh, what do I need to know? And, yeah, and Jordy, he looks over at Jordy. Jordy knows what Riker's about to do. Mm -hmm. and Jordy yep. just looks away, and Riker's like, "All right, here's the thing you need to know: the Captain likes to keep it casual, okay? Uh, you know what? Whenever you get a chance, call him Jean Luc. He loves it. So he does it, and so he walks away. Uh, and he says, "That Commander Madsen, I'm glad, or Madden, I'm glad to see you aboard." Uh, I'm happy to be serving Jean-Luc. And he just turns around and looks at him. And Madden quickly realizes, Captain Riker was pulling my leg, wasn't he? Because it would make yep. absolute sense for Riker to leave the ship with one last joke. And, and Picard grins, and I like that. And then, of course, I love what he says to Commander Madden. Our destination is such and such. It's a place where no, where no one has gone. And then the music kicks in. Yeah. yeah. I, I like think that, that would have been a better ending than what the movie ended on yes although it wasn't the okay that ending though still isn't bad the whole data never saw the sun that yeah guy. yeah right. I, 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 yeah i, I feel torn the card walking down the hallway is the end of the movie it's like i'm kind of torn but i get it i get I, it I, I but like i the, like the, i like the joke i like the play it's cute i like and, that where no man has gone before that's a great line that to end scene on. That scene is true to Riker's character. Yes. He does like to. He, yes. It's like, and uh, that's why it's like him doing stuff like that in Picard season three and being so happy because like that—that's who Riker is. Sometimes he likes he likes to he likes to he likes to be a little likes to race people and, like especially Worf. He used, and, to, he used to do stuff to Worf all uh, uh, all the time. And ending on that line would have been a perfect ending. And it also goes to um uh to Jonathan Frakes. Frakes is a synonymous goofball on set. Mm -hmm. he is he's loved yep. to mess around a lot in fact apparently they all did they all loved to goof around and uh, it was you know this just seems like something that like not only 
is it Riker? It feels like Frakes would do this. I feel like yeah. Frakes would have suggested this. I got, I got this idea. I got a great idea. Just mm-hmm. go with me on this. And I just, and I love Jordy's look, and it's just, it's cute. I agree. It needed to stay. It... Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's connect this to the greater Star Trek universe. And there's a lot here. Yeah, there's an awful lot of connections. Uh, I'm going to get some obvious ones out of the way. Admiral Janeway, fresh back from the Delta Quadrant. Yep. Uh, I'm very happy to see Got that. Promoted. Got the promoted. Borg, the Sona, the Romulans. You get all the easy assignments. Just lucky, Admiral. Uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that very much. I like uh, everybody say I like uh, I, I, I was I like the Janeway cameo because it, it, it's Janeway. And also, it shows that her and Picard know each other, and they and they got a little bit of uh, got a little bit of banter between the two of them. So it's very obvious that uh, her and Picard know each other pretty well, just from the way that they're talking to each other. They're they talking like like old friends. Yeah, you know. No, I like that. I like that scene. I like that. That it's like even though like there wasn't any really mention of like that. Like she was familiar with like the Enterprise and Riker, you know. That's when, definitely uh, a favorite moment. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it's kind of cool to show like, oh, I guess that they they know each other. They maybe they go back a little bit ways or yep. something. So. Yep, that's um, one that of my cool. favorite scenes. Yeah. 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 Um, I uh, of course uh, the reference to the Betazoid tradition goes mm-hmm. back to TNG yeah. and yep. the wedding for Lawaxana Troy. Yep. Um. We also have, of course, uh, the the return of Wesley Crusher. Uh, mm-hmm. A little thing that doesn't connect to Star Trek, uh, or maybe it does. Director Brian Singer is yeah, a right. cameo that's as a right. tactical that's officer right. in here, mm-hmm. yeah. who obviously yeah. worked with Patrick Stewart on the X Men films. Yep. Not necessarily Star Trek, but uh, but worth mentioning. It was uh, more just that he's a fan of Star Trek, you know, just like how like. Um, Seth MacFarlane had a cameo on Enterprise. Yep. Yep. Way back. Uh, Stephen Culp, who plays Commander Madden in the deleted scene, yep. goes on to play Major Hayes, the head of the Makos, in Enterprise season three. That's right. Yep. I was. I was. I was glad you. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Um. I, 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 that's why. Uh, that's that's a great right. Production. I did not and realize. He's a really wow. cool character on Enterprise. I love the Makos. That was one of my favorite things about the later seasons of Enterprise. Yes. Was them. Yep. Uh, and of course. Uh, this Star Trek film actually makes references to all five Star Trek live-action Star Trek films at the time. Uh, uh, they uh, a Riker requests uh, Kirk Epsilon Four, which is a, yep. a maneuver oh, yeah. yep, referencing yep, yep. Kirk. Of course, it's the Next Gen crew. Uh, we reference the Dominion War with mm-hmm. the Ravens involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Admiral Janeway and one of the ships that are going to meet them on the other side of the rift is the USS Archer. And also the USS Intrepid, which may or may not mm-hmm. have been the same one that rescued Worth as a child. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Valdor, the Valdor is a little bit of a backdoor. There is a Senator Valdor in Star Trek Enterprise mm. that mm-hmm. this ship was named after, or reverse it, whichever way you want to play it. If I remember yep. canon correctly, Valdor eventually becomes Praetor, which is why uh, okay. the ship that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the the toast. To Data is to absent friends, which we've heard before in Star Trek Three: yep. uh, The Search for Spock, and also Chateau and also uh, Chateau Ru- Ru- loosely references also uh, the two absent comrades given by Core uh, in reference to Jadzia Dax. Yeah, 
And also, of course, reference to Data trying to whistle. And Pop Goes the Weasel. Pop Goes the Weasel, mm-hmm. which comes back to play in Picard Season 3. Very well used. That, yeah. Very well used. Very well used, yes. Um, so much so. Uh, and then uh, B4, the, the use of the, the, the song of Blue Skies references something that is really controversial in canon. There is a comic book that existed, that was considered canon, that was released before Star Trek 09, that yes. told the story of not only that 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 uh, B4's memories eventually did kick in and Data was reconstituted in B4's body, but that Data came back to Starfleet that way and became captain of the Enterprise after Picard went off to work with the Romulans. That has since been erased. Thank you very much, everything else. But of course... The the but, fact that D four yeah because he supplanted D four and kind of like took his yeah. place, which left a lot of people going. Err. And also yeah. the connection that that Star Trek Picard, yep, mm-hmm. has been referencing stuff with D four yes. and with Data, and 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 specifically Data's memories and personality that he downloaded to B four. Yes. Yeah. Has um, come up more than once on Star so Trek Picard. Riker defeats the Viceroy in the uh, same way that Kirk defeated Krug in the Star Trek. Oh yeah. Talk. Yeah. Yes. Um and, and of course, course and of course Riker. Captain the Titan, as we see, of course, in Lord X. Yep. Mm-hmm. First time we ever saw that live. Uh and then uh going in dry dock, of course, uh paying homage to motion picture the way it started out, the way it yep. ended, which yep. is nice. Uh B4 in of himself comes to play a major role down yep. the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B4 is the design of all, most of the synthetics that we later find out later mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. in, in Star Trek universe. Uh, so a lot from Star Trek Picard season one comes for just B4. And we could go on and on. There's a lot to uh, one, oh, one, one quick thing. Um, B4 is, is actually a continuity uh, continuation because in the episode, I forget the name of the episode, the episode, the TG episode where Data met um, Doctor Soon's ex-wife, his mother, she mentioned that uh, there were prototypes yeah, before that, that lore that that they that made before they got to lore. Is that so, the, the crystalline entity episode? Silicon um, Avatar. Uh, no, the, you no, have to no. the, uh, with uh, with uh, his mother. Okay, not Silicon Avatar, not that one. Yeah, you know no, the no. one in season seven where he's introduced to. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember what that yeah, is called. The yeah. Juliana Soon. Juliana Soon. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah she she yeah. she mentioned that there were there were proto there were there were pro, there were androids that they hit her and yeah, uh, yeah. made before Lauren Data. Yeah, good point. So, so before is a is a continuity check. He's one of those prototypes that they, yeah. they developed before they got to lore yep, and data. Good point. Good observation. All right. So, uh, let's uh, favorite moment or quote from this film. A moment. If you count the whole space battle, that's my favorite. But as far as individual moment, I think it's interesting. And I'll say this real quick because we're almost out of time here. But when Picard kills uh, Shinzo. I just read the book The Mort Arthur, which is all the Arthurian legends. Um, 
King Arthur's bastard son, Mordred, fights him in one final battle. Arthur gouges him with a spear. Mordred drags himself along the spear and swings his sword and injures Arthur, which is why Arthur has to sail away to Avalon. So in other words, you look at this scene. The card spear is basically his son. You know, he's sort of his illegitimate offspring, so to speak. He pulls himself along it and then ends up causing the death of Data, who is basically one of the card's closest friends. So in other words, it reminded me of that moment. And I like that moment for, for that reason. Mm -hmm. but yeah I like that bro that's a really great observation especially because Data's death really wounds Picard and we see that it still bothers him when Star Trek Picard picks up almost 20 years later Yeah, that, that Data's sacrificing himself for Picard so I think that's definitely one of my favorite moments for sure um the overall the spaceship battle is uh, probably my favorite overall like action sequence. Um I'm trying to think what there's not there's not many there's not much in the, in the dialogue, but I think my probably my favorite line is is the wharf line at the wedding where it's like he's obviously got a major headache from drinking too much Romulan ale and saying Romulan ale should be illegal. <laughs> it's a good scene. I like that. And then also the it also when Dave starts saying he just goes Earth and Berlin. It just then it sinks into the into the table. That is funny. <laughs> I think my favorite quote to me, and there are a lot of them in here. I love you have the bridge, Mr. Troy. I love yeah, that. That's, that's a good that's great. But that's I'm gonna line. go for something really serious that I think could have deeper ramifications when you analyze it. Shins on to Picard. What am I while you exist? A shadow? An echo? Hmm. How is it to feel like Shinzon right now? Mm. Like at everything he's gone through, he didn't ask to be created the way he was. He didn't yeah, ask yeah. to be what he is. And yet I feel some genuineness with the conversation that he has with Picard, even though I know he needs the blood, but I think there is some genuine nature to his dinner with Picard. Yeah. Very much. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love that, that thought and that, what am I? Am I just, what am I just a clone? Who am I? Yeah, what is what is my identity? identity. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and he plays that so well. It's kind of like the clones in Star Wars, where they have to figure out who are they. Exactly, that they're individuals; they're not, you know, the same person. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Final thoughts. I would say that this is the weakest of the next gen films. I don't think the movie is horrible. And I think if you want to sort of understand where Star Trek goes next, particularly with New Trek and the J.J. reboot, uh, this is a movie that you should see, I think. Just recognize that it's not going to be that great. Mm -hmm. So overall, I think I like the movie. But there's still a lot that keeps me from enjoying it fully. Right. Justin? Yeah, this movie um, was very disappointing when it, for me when it first came out. You know, because like I was look really looking forward to it, 
and um, it was such a letdown. And um, it's like I wrote. There's there's things that are nice and like we said, but there's also so much uh, bad in this movie that um, it. I I would it's like it's like right there like it's like when I if I rate the movies it's it's easily in the bottom five but it's not like the worst um like Final Frontier and Into Darkness um I have much a lot more problems with those two than this one but it, it's definitely it's definitely the weakest uh next generation movie I'll, I'd rather watch Insurrection again rather than watch Nemesis. Um, and I have I have plenty of issues with insurrection as well, um, but um, this is because this movie, this movie along with um, Star Trek Enterprise's struggles is what um, killed Star yeah. Trek for a while. Unfortunately, and it, it's a fact. It's like this this was the first um, Trek movie to fail at the box office. Which um, probably led to the failure of the Enterprise. So. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely helped contribute to um, yeah um, uh, Enterprise not which being is a shame because season five of Enterprise. Yeah, it's, it's yeah because like more. that fourth season of Enterprise is amazing and it's like the show was like really firing on all cylinders and the but unfortunately it was too late and they pulled the plug. And um, the fifth season would have been the Earth Round Moon War. Yeah. Which I wish we'd gotten to see, as a, like I said, as a fan of the Rhymelands, I wish we'd see. But um, anyway. it, uh, also it didn't help that when this movie was released, it was released a week before uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Yeah, yep, yep. And yep. there was, yep. uh, you know, um, the Chamber of Secrets was out. It's like there was, it was up against really tough competition, which also did not help. So between the fact that it's it's not a great movie. And it was released uh, up against some uh, box office juggernauts. Yeah, I don't at the same know time. what. It's no surprise that it it did not perform well at the box. I office. don't know what executive made that call. Oh my gosh! I don't know what they were thinking. Um, but anyway, um, I'm just glad that because for a long time, I this movie really angered me because this was the final time we saw the next gen crew together. This was not supposed to be their final film, but ended up being their final film just because of what a mess this movie is and and that it failed at the box office. Um. That's why I'm so that. thankful that after all these years with Star Trek Picard Season 3, we're finally getting the TNG crew its proper send-off. Yes. And it's like, at yes. this point, at this, when we're recording this, uh, the season is not finished yet. Episode 7 is dropping in a couple hours. And boy, is it a good season. The season has been amazing, and I, I have a good feeling it's going to stick to landing. If it does, it's really going to make up for what a disappointment uh, I, messy movie Star Trek Nemesis is. I have one this... question. I have one question for you. Mm -hmm. If the deleted scenes that we agreed should have been in the movie, if they had stayed in, how much would that have affected your feeling about the movie? Um, not too much. I mean, it would have definitely improved a few things, but there's still a lot you think of other issues story with, like, is the still... plot. And stuff that are yeah. still not yeah, solved by the, the overall the, story is still pretty weak. Yeah, it it, it would it would have been helpful additions and would have been good character moments, but it would not have fixed a lot of the yeah. problems that play this movie and, and keep it from being a good movie. So that's a good point. Yeah. In, in the end, this is definitely one of the weakest Star Trek movies. Um, it's not the worst, but it's not it's not good or great. It's kind of just there. 
Um, it's worth checking out at least because some of the stuff that happened in this movie plays an important part as uh, with what's come with uh, in in Picard. Very much uh, so, yeah. Especially the first and the third seasons. So and also, it's recontextualized the film a little bit. Yeah, and thankfully, this was it. it even though it hurt Star Trek. It, 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 it Star Trek went away for a while. It, it didn't end up killing Star Trek. It, it hurt it, and thankfully Star Trek was able to recover. And this was know, the this, this was the failure mm -hmm. that led to the huge success of Star Trek 09. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Justin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I think this has been a great talk. This has been a really fun conversation. Um, you know, it's like um, I, I've always had bad feelings about this movie, and every rewatch it, I'm like, it's not as bad as I remember. It's still not good, but it's not as bad as I remembered it. And, so, mm -hmm. and I, I kind of point out, like like we said, we point out some. You no, know, there is some good stuff in this film, despite its problems. And so, um, I really, it, it was good to re revisit this movie and kind of make. Uh, it went up just a little bit in my estimation. It's still like one of my least favorite movies, but it's not. I realize it's not as bad as I remembered it, and uh, and uh, it was nice that you guys had me on the show. I hope that um, I get to um, come on again because I love talking Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek. Oh yes, we will definitely have you back. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like I love Star Trek dearly, and uh, so this has been a really fun conversation. Uh, I had a great time, and I uh, look forward to uh, doing it again. Yeah, awesome. We will definitely be reaching out to you when uh, soon. Appreciate it. Well, speaking of future episodes, next week, mm. we're going to do something a little special here. Uh, we're going to take a look at two episodes that don't really have anything to do with each other, okay. but we're going to do it just because we love it. First, we're going to take a look at Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 3, Point of Light. Uh, this is where the mystery of uh, Red Angel really yes. starts. Oh, yes. The Red Angel, yeah. And we're going to follow that. We're going to end this cycle before the randomizer recycles us again to Lower Decks, where we're going to take a look at Season 2, Episode 9, the episode Weejduch. Which oh, yes. yes. We'll look yes. at the Lower Deckers aboard Klingon and Vulcan ships. Yes. Yes. I love this idea. So we're going to take a look at both of those. Have a good old time mm -hmm. uh, before the randomizer decides to take us to who knows where. <laughs> Hopefully not rascals. Uh, Justin, you got anything to plug? Uh, no. Um, it, like Brennan, uh, it's like I met Brennan through being a, a supporter and a member of the, the Outlaw Nation, uh, John Rocha's YouTube channel, who uh, people may know from his work at Collider and the movie Trish Bowdown. Um, it's like uh, you can find me there hanging out with people. It's like, uh, you know, it's like uh, there's a Patreon and a Discord that we're a part of. And um, you have some fun times down there. And um, other than that, I just kind of like just roam the roam the interwebs. And uh, <laughs> where can we find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me on t uh, Twitter. Um, my handle is uh, at uh, jtoner1977. You know, it's like um, uh, I follow mostly people. I tweet here and there, mostly about certain things I like. Um, but uh, it's like that's the easiest place to where uh, I uh, make myself known. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Brennan, where can the people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Brennan Mystical. You can find uh, our this podcast on YouTube and on everywhere you get your podcasts under the page turners. They were not umbrella. And you can follow me in all the various social groups of which I am a part. Awesome. You can also find me on Twitch and Twitter at C Ingle, I N G L E, 1984, uh, where I tend to play uh, different video games and hang out. And I'm looking to gather together a collection of Star Trek video games where I will record my, mm. my playthroughs of those and we will drop them right here on Brendan's <laughs> channel. Uh, not if you're on uh, Spotify or the other audios. Sorry. Uh, this will have to be a visual. Yeah, Elite, Elite Force isn't as fun if you're just listening to the sound. Oh no, you got to see the game. So right. we'll uh, <laughs> we'll work through that. But as always, we end every episode. Apla, and live long and prosper. Peace and long life.